0: Hello and welcome to L Governor of the podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today is Patrick Mealy. How you doing, Patrick?
1: Hi, Abdullah. It's nice to meet you. Uh, nice to be invited onto this podcast here. Uh, this is a very interesting environment. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I I just woke up an hour ago, so you know, I'm kind of like making shit up as we go along. <laughs>
0: oh, don't don't you worry. There's going to be a lot of that in the episode. Don't you worry. But um. <laughs> First question is the obvious one, but um, how did you get started, and what what made you want to get into VO?
1: So um, I started doing VO when I was in university. I was actually a, um, I was a television and film production major. Uh, I went to Sales University, and I was originally wanted to study directing. Um, and I was and when I got there, uh, I had I met this one guy in my major, and he said to me, "Hey, we have this radio program. Do you want to get involved and do some of the?" The stuff that we're doing i said yeah so i i had my own show for a year and they would do audio dramas so i got to voice in a couple i think it was actually one audio drama it was hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy i was arthur and uh marvin the paranoid android uh <laughs> i don't know if you've have you seen hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy or read or like seen the the book or anything
0: I've, i remember reading the book a long time ago it's one of my it's, favorite books of all time
1: it's hilarious, yeah like M- Marvin's just clinically depressed because he's so intelligent and he can't get to use it but but anyway, um, so I did that, and then like I would um do some other stuff at school, like we had um we had like some art majors that would require scratch audio for their um animated projects and stuff like that, so i would get I would get called in and do some of those and then um come sophomore year, uh the radio program i don't wanna say it was cut, but like it wasn't really as active as it was. And I thought, well, shit, what am I gonna do now? So uh, my roommate said to me, Hey, why don't you um why don't you try and get like a why don't you make like a little sample thing and you can go online and do stuff. And I said, online? He's like, and he's like, Yeah, there's a whole like BO community. And I knew about it for years because I used to I grew I used to watch like um Team Four Star and Little Karibo and all those guys. Like I used to watch all the the abridgers online and I thought, wow, this is really cool. But I didn't really realize you could do it. So um I bought a blue yeti and i just got on my computer and just started going and doing like every little thing i could find uh this is back in like 2017 uh and things just kind of built up from there i met a lot of different people um i started uh kind of like just auditioning for anything i could find uh upgraded my mics a couple of times uh and then um come 2020 uh, it was my last year of university and uh at the time i mean i i had done a lot of indie games i was doing some animations and stuff and covid had hit and like i graduated and the job market just went Pfft. so i'm like well shit what am i going to do now uh so after kind of having this these little it was a kind of a rough, it was a rough like patch because i i didn't really know where to go in terms of this this thing because i was still kind of Trying to get my feet wet in it, trying to figure out where I felt, where I, I, I um, where I stood in it, and uh, I just didn't know what to do. So, and I bounced between working t- uh, two really awful jobs. I worked at Amazon for a month. That was terrible. Uh, basically, like I, I ended up getting really bad plantar fasciitis because of it. And then I worked at a grocery store. Um, That wasn't great because, you know, with grocery stores and and retail of any kind, you're going to deal with Karens. And I'm very sensitive and I don't like being yelled at. So I got very emotional one day. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, and before that, I was also working with my dad. Uh, My dad does a, is a funeral director. And that was a nicer job, you know, because it was being around family and people that I knew. But um, after all that happened, I, uh, I ended up, um, I upgraded my equipment. I treated a whole room in my basement. Um, and at the time I signed with a regional agency out in LA, uh, have since left them. And I ended up, um, going online, auditioning for things. Uh, I started booking commercials. I started, um, just really hustling and hustling. Cause I thought, okay, I'm either gonna, I'm going to go at this and I'm going to work at it or, and just see if it, and if it doesn't work, you know what, it doesn't work, but, and I guess I've made it work, you know? Um, and this year and last year have been kind of the big years for it. I, um, I got to book, um, well, Genshin Impact was a big thing and, um, also have done, uh, well, Gashin Tezuka and main Warrior at the Borderline. That was one of my favorites. Uh, that's a big thing right now that's been kind of circulating on the web. Uh, also I've, I've been doing, a well, I've been doing a lot of commercials, e-learning, narration, uh, explainer videos um, and some live action dubbing too, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of the where the journey went.
0: <laughs> and what is it that you love and hate about what you do?
1: I think what I love the most is really the ability to pre- play pretend. Um, I really love getting to just perform and kind of lose myself in these things, especially even with commercials. There's a sense of just relaxing and really getting yourself into the moment emotionally so i really really enjoy that um but i also i think um the thing that i hate the most is probably dealing with clients that are kind of a little bit karens occasionally but those are very few and far between and also um occasionally fucking up my exporting because i i just wrapped a a game recently and i was doing uh, the exporting and i forgot to switch it back to because i also was multitasking and doing auditions at the same time and I ended up exporting most of my files in mp3 and I'm like fuck so I had to go back put them all back in and just re-export them in wave format it was it was awful but that's that's more or less what um is the worst thing I mean probably also um not hitting certain point, certain like beats because you know as an actor I think especially for someone like me who never did like you know stage or screen acting uh it, it I kind of have to figure these things out as i go along so having to um learn to really kind of where to get these emotional beats is very very difficult um and on amem specifically it was it was definitely a more difficult experience because um my character is i mean you're 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 talking to me right now and you can hear that I'm, i'm a naturally very energetic person um but with gashin my character he's very very like kept inside like he's he talks kind of more around this area of his voice and he's much more uh, just really like, kind of edgy and all that. So having to convey that emotion and all these beats while not breaking that part is very difficult, but Gr- Griffin Puatu the director, he was very, um, he was an awesome guy to really guide me through that. And, and he was very supportive too. And he said, don't, don't be, don't worry. I mean, it's, everybody's gonna like fuck up at least once i mean and but he was also just a very sweet guy to work with like i i love griffin he's an amazing director um great actor too um he's just amazing but yeah that's what i'd say i love and hate about my job
0: (laughs) i mean that's good to know that you're working with someone who a not only trusts you to in the role but is willing to say hey you know we all fuck up sometimes it's fine you know don't 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 think too much about it
1: yeah, I mean, and I think, um, and I credit him a lot because he gave me the chance to do this. You know, because, I mean, getting into anime is a diff is a very difficult path because a lot of it is about um who you know, and it's also about well, n- not even just about who you know, but you have to really showcase what you can do because you know these people have to with a lot of these shows that they're doing, they have to get them out very fast. So sometimes, um, these shows will not um get out like you you have to sometimes like really work hard so they got to know someone who's going to really really carry it and I think he gave me that shot to really show that I could do it so I I credit him a lot for that and I also feel it, it feels great also when I when I saw the cast list um and I saw you know Ryan McKean, Maddie Doro, Michelle Marie, Michael Kovac like all these people that I I knew and like I I kind of saw like throughout the the industry i was like holy shit i get to act alongside these guys like this is amazing i felt like um I, I felt like a, a like a, I just swam i was a fish in a pond and i just swam into the ocean that's kind of like how i describe it i felt like i just swam out to the ocean i'm like i'm lost ah! you know but but that's uh that's kind of how it uh how it feels
0: yeah, i mean it's great that that you were able to you know come into this and book a lead role in an anime that's like because people don't know how hard that is like because yeah. a lot of people i talk to who are still in you know getting into the industry like they're still doing additional voices because yeah. casting directors don't either don't trust them in lead roles or mo- most likely they're like you know hey you know i just want to hear what you're capable of before i give you a, a role and that's right and, and that happens yeah. a lot a lot more than you think
1: they really, yeah, I noticed that because um, one of the, one of my friends, like, cause I was just in Dallas for a week and I met a lot of actors that do Walla and additional characters, like uh, K- Kelsey Mayer is one of them. Like I met, I met up with her and Rachel Thompson and Bradley Gareth and a couple others. They all do additional kind of Walla and stuff. And I always have a, I always kind of have a appreciation for Walla because there's just something really fun about it. Like I, I've done Walla for some live action films but like live action dubs but to be able to do that is really cool and i feel like i jumped the gun though because i was like because i expected that um i would just probably get started in walla or bit parts and i would have been fine with that but i jumped the gun and got into a lead role and i'm like what the hell like how did this happen you know it's like you never you never expect that you're gonna jump from this to that so quickly it's it's crazy it's very crazy
0: It's funny you mentioned Kelsey because I had her on the show and Yeah, yeah. Like my impression of her is like, you know, she's really talented and I I got the impression that, oh, she must have been doing this for a while. No, she's still very
1: She's she's very she's interesting because like um I, I remember like we I've talked with Kelsey A lot and i'm like how is this lady not in anime yet come on she's got such skill like this is back in like 20 2019 when i first met her and then she got she booked her first role i think it was in one piece and i saw it on twitter i'm like yes like i I freaked out i'm like finally because like i mean kelsey is just so talented she's an amazing person and especially i I always had the feeling because i know she was planning to move down to texas uh with her partner jordan and i was like man she's gotta she's gotta get into it and she did and it was and when i saw that i was like finally it was just so cool but yeah she's so talented um also she's she's one of those people that like we 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 banter a lot on twitter her and i like tend to uh we're we're both cat owners so we tend to banter about our cats uh also uh, we're both like huge musical theater nuts. So we geek out about that whenever we can, um, which is a big, there's a big irony to that because I've never done uh theater like of any kind. Like I, I took acting classes, but I never did like musicals or stage plays in high school. I was a very shy kid. Um, but it's like part of my, my identity is that I'm a huge fan of like shows. I love listening to the albums and I, I'm a, and I'm a singer. So I do a lot of covers of stuff like that. I've been Trying to do more, but consistency and getting it out there is very difficult, as you can tell.
0: <laughs> oh no, man! Like sometimes I look at my recording schedule and I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta record all these episodes, edit them, and find like days to upload them." Oh boy,
1: <laughs> I, I can understand that. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and and it's also because like when when you're balancing it with a job that requires you to use your voice, like for me, because I'm um, because I do character and commercial, like you have to conserve that energy because singing can take a lot of energy out of your voice depending on the song. Like if you're doing like a um, a, a kind of like hard rock song or something that's very vocally, um, just very, very acrobatic, I, I, I think is a word for it. Um, it can take a lot out of you and then you got to go do the, and then you got to go record the character afterwards. You're like, oh shit, I don't have my higher register. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like that's, that's, um, that's kind of like how I experience it. But yeah, it, and also, it's also uh trying to get him out on a schedule is hard because I'm lazy. So I don't really, I, I, I barely have time now to play video games, like, or do any of that. Like, I just, hell, I, I barely have time to even go out and see movies. Um, I'm actually going to do that later this evening because I'm going to see Everywhere Everything all at once, which I'm really looking forward to that. Cause it's a really freaking good movie uh, from what I've heard but yeah that's uh it's so hard balancing everything
0: <laughs> i mean it's it's a very demanding profession it is not one of those yeah. things where you know you're like oh i'll just do a couple auditions and maybe you know something will come up no you 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 have to constantly be working because if you're yeah. not working you're not making money and if you're not making money then what 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 are you doing
1: <laughs> it's also like because with with this field we're all independent contractors so having to um having to balance that is very difficult because i also just did my taxes this year uh holy crap like the the government does not like independent contractors i learned that the hard way because i have to pay quarterlies now and i'm like oh why does the government hate me (laughs) like it's just but yeah and i do like try to keep myself on a schedule as well like um like, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is work, is work week, um, and I schedule out time to also go to the gym, I try to, like, keep my physical health up as well, and then Friday and Saturday is usually relaxed day, like, okay, this is, this is off day, unless, like, something comes up, like, I have a session, or, um, or I have a class, like, a ten ten more times out of than not, like, classes tend to be held on the weekends as well, like, I, that's the biggest thing with also being an actor, is you never, stop learning you got to go and do so much you have to do you have to do classes you have to do um, you have to do uh, coaching you got to really keep your, your skills up to par because you can't just like not do it I mean obviously finances are a big thing for that and sometimes if you're if you're paying rent like that can be even more harder to keep up with it uh, I know I mean pretty soon I'm gonna have to start paying rent myself because I'm moving in a couple of months and uh, oh my god because right now I, I live with my my folks, so I don't have to worry about it. But I'm like, but I'm and I'm dreading when I have to go out there, and I'm like, oh, I gotta pay rent. This is gonna be terrible. But I'm sure I'll figure it out. You know, um, we'll see.
0: Just find a good roommate. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, three roommates actually. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, the more roommates you have, the less you have to pay. I mean, because like everybody has, we all have to pay a, a portion. So it kind of works out a little bit when I was in college freshman year, I remember like, um, I think college kind of messed me up because I remember I used to, um, I was very much a clean freak and I, I'm kind of still am, but ever, but I remember like I roomed with the, my my roommate freshman year, our room became just a gigantic pigsty. And I was like, and I remember thinking to myself, if my mom comes in here and see this, she's going to kill me. Like, so I had to kind of learn to, um, I had to try and make my room less uh, pigsty uh when I got home. Uh, I'm getting better at it, though, although I sometimes have this tendency to leave some clothes out or sometimes my, I leave a blanket on the floor or something. It's it's difficult, but I always make my bed, though. I'm always going to make my bed. That's that's important. Make but your beds, lo- people.
0: <laughs> as long as you just make your bed, everything should be fine.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh- <laughs> But no, it's it's really interesting because you have, you know, despite not being in anything like super major. I mean, I know you're in Genshin, but like does anyone really give a shit about the NPCs? <laughs> you
1: know? I mean, here's the thing. I I think that as long as you have the the that you are in Genshin, you've actually played a character that is you you're in the game. You that's something that I remember talking with a couple of different people about who were in Genshin, like Bradley Gareth, uh Uh, and a couple others we were all in genshin together and i remember saying you know what even though it was npcs we got to play we got to be in the game you know i mean obviously playing a major character would be cool but we also have to keep in mind like circumstances because i think the the playable characters come through agencies as part of my understanding so um you have to um you have to kind of keep that in mind because a lot of them are it's a different kind of a it's a different kind of landscape but um but I definitely will say this I, I discovered yesterday I was on a call with somebody and there was a character that I voiced um he's part of the Arataki Ito gang uh Akita. and he um I didn't realize this was becoming a huge thing on like YouTube and everything there's a scene where uh Ito like drinks I guess like milk or something and there's like soybeans in it and uh my character just yells, he's allergic to beans. And that apparently became a huge thing on, uh, on YouTube and, t- uh, and like a couple other places. And I'm like, and a lot of my friends were telling me about it. I'm like, I, what, this was a big thing and I didn't know about it. Like, and now I'm like, I got, I got to like, I got to <laughs> what, what's the word I got to, um, I got to ride this train. Cause this is like, this is cool. <laughs> it's it's always amazing when like one line becomes a huge meme or a huge uh cultural uh thing. I don't know. It's it's like a it's like everything that you see on like a I think oh, shit, what is it? It's like those clips that you see from certain episodes or something of like of like maybe Oni Plays or Game Grumps and it just becomes like a huge meme or something.
0: Only eggs can sustain me, Homer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one um but yeah that's that is funny and i mean there also a lot of the indie titles that i've done uh, i hold them very close like i mean um one of the ones uh a couple that i can name off the top of my head uh well jonathan in the game war islands that was a really a favorite of mine that i really enjoyed um varus in the divine speaker um recently uh seth and blush blush which is a which is kind of like a A very fun dating sim that all the YouTubers play, Uh, (laughs) and uh, another one that I've been I've been working on, and I've done some casting for it is actually uh, Beyond the Edge of Asgard, which is a game that has that's done in German and English. So um, getting to do that uh, and bring also get have the responsibility of bringing uh, a new actors into it that's fun that's a lot of fun to do
0: oh that's pretty cool like you know being in charge of casting and i know that's probably yeah it's probably it's it's probably a good and bad thing because you don't want to come off as being too you know you don't want nepotism but at the same time it's like i know someone who would be great for this role and they're my friend and i don't want people to think i only cast them because they're my friends
1: that's that's the thing because i've seen i hear so many people talk about that and i'm like i mean I understand, like, if the person can act, that's one thing, um, but yeah, uh, like, it's like, um, with a lot of these people, um, when you're casting a project, if you know that they can do the job, and it really does come down to what the client wants to, like, if the client says, like, I really, really love this person, uh, like, what do you think? And I and I'd say, yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, because usually that that's a big thing. The client always gets the final say. They are the ones who say it. I just help to filter it out and find the the talent that really sticks out the most. That's my job. And and sometimes there is occasionally that little bit of oh, I really want this person to get cast, but I, I, there's only so much I can do. You know, because I I'm there to help the client, and that's what my job is. You know, I haven't done. I mean, yeah, casting is definitely something that I do want to do more of, especially in a professional sense. Um, it's it's hard though, because a lot of like, you got to really show that you can do it. And I, I feel like my indie casting resume could really show that, but I don't know. I don't know like um, what the expectations are for people in the professional industry, like people who work at Mark Grouse Studios or Crunchyroll or any of those places. I think they have a a lot of prerequisites that they show when they're doing it, you know?
0: I mean, from my experience, I think a lot of it just comes down to just make it up as you go along. Cause most of the time, and this just is just, it till me, you make it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, I, I, and I, and honestly, this is not, obviously this is not um, for everybody, but from my experience, I feel like a lot of, a lot of times uh, casting directors either play it really safe or, you know, they're willing to take a chance with someone who is a complete unknown. But that's very yeah. rare.
1: It does depend. I know um, sometimes they will take a chance on somebody who is unknown if they want to really bring them into the into it. But I also think you, you do have to show that you are capable of doing it. Because if you cast somebody who is your friend and they don't have anything to show for, and maybe their acting chops are not as great, I mean, that's – that's – Ugh, that's, that's hard. I actually, as a matter of fact, I remember, um, there was this one dude, uh, who I ended up, who I remember, I think I went to school with him and he like was asking me a lot about VO work. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you just got to kind of like do this and that, you know, just keep acting at it. And he's just like, yeah, uh, how do you get into the to anime though? I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I can't give you a, I can't give you a, a ticket to getting into this, you know? Um, that's like, I'm sorry I can't do that and this is a I have a pet peeve of this on Twitter where sometimes um, people start getting really upset about certain like opportunities that are arising and they start to get kind of entitled and they get angry and all that And I'm like guys maybe you shouldn't say that on Twitter you could probably just say it privately you know what I mean it's like guys can we just tone it down a little bit (laughs) you know what I mean really at the end of the day, we're all actors. And I think as long as we all work and treat people professionally and with respect, then I think, you know, it it doesn't matter really. I mean, we're all like in the same, we're all in the same like place. We're all actors. I think it's like, I think the thing is, it's that self-imposed like thing where people think that we're divided. I'm like, we're not really divided. I mean, we're just, we're all different people. We all have different interests, different people that we like to hang out with. And we all just like to, do our own thing you know that's how a lot of people are it doesn't mean that we're in a hierarchy or something like that i mean we're just we're just in a different avenue you know we're in a different place and and i and i think as well like we need to having respect for everybody in the in the industry is what's best we need to all like work together and just say you know what let's all be respectful to one another let's just um let's all just go out and do the best we can and and hell there's people um I mean, I I say this as well. Like, I'm a I'm a human being, and there's some people I don't like to really be around. But that doesn't mean I hate them. It just means I, I don't I don't vibe with them, you know. And that's and that's human nature. Sometimes we meet people we don't vibe with, and that's it's not the end of the world. It's just it's just how we are. It's human nature. Yeah, um, yeah, and I've and I've said this
0: before, but I've said this before, but I you know people have this impression that because you're a fan of voice acting or you know specifically like English dubbing. That you must like every single English dub actor ever. I'm like, no, there are tons of English dub actors I cannot stand, but I well, don't make also, a big yeah, I don't make I a mean, big deal out of it on Twitter. That's 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 all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. There's some dubs that I've seen that I'm not really a fan of. Like I don't I don't dislike the actors or anything. It's just like I just feel it could be also because I maybe I watched the show subbed first and it's hard to kind of break the the connection because it's like oh i really like this one though like um a comic got kill was an example of that like i i've seen the the dub and sub and i and i will say they're both really good in their own way i just feel like because i saw it subbed first i like i kind of gravitate more towards that because it's just it's just more familiar to me it doesn't mean i don't i don't i don't, i dislike the dub i think it's it's fine it's a fairly decent thing it's just that um it, it it's a matter of preference personally um hell there's some um there's some shows I, I, I think I prefer slightly more dubbed because I think like there's – especially like um, when they uh, – I, I like dubs that really take advantage of the setting because um, shows that maybe take place in England or in America or something like that, and they have to really adapt it to that setting. Like Black Butler is an example of that like because um, it's set in England, and you have the, all these characters doing English accents. That's actually something I want to see more of. I want to see more authentic accents in anime, and I'm talking like international talents and people coming in there and just showing that they can do it. You know, that's that's a big thing. Especially, um, uh, I, I recently was watching, uh, I think it was, was it tribe? It was Tribe Nine, and there was a lot of talent from all over the world, like pe- some guys from Ireland, some people from Canada. I think that's some people from England. It was great. I, mm, so good
0: yeah man yeah i i had patrick uh sacramento on and he was um he was amazing he was, he was he stole the show as tyga i mean can you imagine yeah, anyone I, else as tyga no <laughs> no
1: i can't he's i philip is amazing i i love him as uh i love him as tyga and i will and i will say like um also my, my my friend joshua waters was the he was the the i think he was the the triplets i it's been a while um he was the the characters in that and um he was amazing. And, and only that, um, Kageki Shoujo was another one, uh, that was done by sound and they had talent from Australia in there. And I was like, yes. Oh my God. This is so good. Like, like my my friend Dom din was in there and she just killed it. I was like, yes, this is awesome. Um, and I mean, I, I, and I also say like, I mean, this is one of the things we, we talk about remote recording, how it's amazing that we could bring people on from all over the world, you know, and bring a level of authenticity to it. Um, and I say this myself because I'm a remote talent. I've I recorded all of Amem here in Delaware, where I live. Um, I don't live in Texas or L.A. or anything. So, I mean, that's probably going to change in the next couple of months. But I mean, <laughs> but I still made it work, you know. And and I and I think it's great that um, we can definitely do it, you know.
0: I mean, you got in there before they were like, yeah, fuck it. We're not going to do remote recordings anymore. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, I, I think as well, it's just a, from, from what I've heard, it is a trial period, so it's not going to be forever, but I also understand they want to break in the new space. Uh, Cause Crunchyroll just opened a new building. I got to drive by it while I was in Texas and it, it's beautiful. It looks great. So, you know, I mean, I I'm optimistic for the future on what we hold for that and, and remote work will not go away. There's still going to be some games that will cast remotely. Um, there will still be some uh, some different kind of titles, animations, video games. Maybe anime will be a little out there differently, but I still think it's it's definitely going to be something that will exist in the overall in the overall avenue. But it, it does depend; it's it's subjective. But I'm optimistic for the future. I know some people some people tell me like, "Oh, be realistic." I'm like, I, I know we we got to be realistic, but let's not be pessimistic about it too. Let's try and look. Because if we, my my viewpoint is always, if we look on the bad side of everything, then we're not going to feel hopeful about what we can also accomplish. So let's be optimistic. Like maybe we don't have this avenue of work, but we still have other avenues of work. We can still do commercials. We can still do narration. We can still do video games. I mean, it's just, I think that people need to also keep that in mind. Is like, let's don't automatically think that and I say this to everybody out there anime is not the be all end all I mean even for me as somebody who's done it there's so much more out there I mean for me I want to do more video games I want to do uh I really want to voice in Smite that or Paladins that's a big one that I really want to do um uh but 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 yeah it's just we just got to keep looking towards the future you know and I think that that's a thing that we can all keep that we can all uh keep in mind it's just always keep moving forward
0: yeah, no, I agree. But at the same time, I kind of understand like it's kind of the frustration. You know, it's it's really frustrating because I really love Tribe 9. And I said this <laughs> in in the episodes that I, when I interviewed the cast, I said, look, you know, if you gave that if you gave that project to anyone but Lenti, they wouldn't have cast any, all the people that got cast in that show because they yeah. wouldn't have got it. They would have probably went into a different direction and they would have played it safe. And that's why I'm so thankful Lenti got it, because if if anyone else got it, like, they they would have missed the point.
1: I have a lot of respect for Marissa Lenti, honestly. They've really, really went all out with those shows. Not just that, but Arte. That was another one that's really great. Um, Honestly, that's one person that I'd love to work with in the future is Marissa, because I've heard nothing but great things about them. I even got to take a class with them that they were holding through Strawberry Hill, and I i i i vied with i mean i vied with their their um abilities and they and they said like i mean you can take remote recording from my cold dead hands and i was like yes so so i liked them immediately and i was just like this is this is a person i really really want to work with um so maybe in the future, but we'll see. <laughs> um, no, I
0: I love I love uh, Marissa Lenti, and the day they stop working in, in anime dubbing is the the day I stop watching. Honestly, because I'm like, no, yeah, like they are, really... they are they are a phenomenal talent, and you do not let them walk they away. Are. You do not let them walk away.
1: <laughs> yeah, they. Um, I remember. Uh, I was actually thinking about like other titles they could do outside of anime, and I was thinking like, God, I'd love to see Marissa in um. Well, they are in Genshin, too. I know that. But I'd love to see them in, like, a AAA title. Like, maybe something like Final Fantasy or... Um...
0: They were in Borderlands 3, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Borderlands 3. I That was... God, that was so good. Borderlands was amazing. It, it, I, I, another thing that's funny, and a lot of my my friends didn't know this, um, is that they were the voice of Mo- Momoko in Nanbaka. And um, people didn't know that they did the, the, the squeaky high voice for Momoko because, like, Momoko is, like, very serious and all that but then they go into like their like little character thing and people didn't know that that was them and they said that the way they learned that was um because uh they had a a teacher that taught them how to sort of do a, a a trick where you can you slightly pinch the 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 area under your neck and it allows you to access a new register um in your in your thing i i can't do it but i've actually heard of people that actually learned how to do that and i was like wow that's so cool because one of the people i'm planning to room with is like a an alto and they've been uh looking to kind of expand their range and i said hey i learned about this trick um i've actually thought of maybe hitting up marissa to ask them about it because i think it would be cool to maybe learn how they did that trick because i my friend would totally like to learn how to do some of those higher voices (laughs) because people don't expect that marissa can do it but they can and it's amazing
0: yeah, no, that, that's a show that I don't want to watch subbed. I'm like, I want to watch a dubbed because, you know, Marissa <laughs> just was, yeah. she she just is that character to me. Like, I don't want to listen to yeah, anyone else great. be that character.
1: They're, they're amazing. Yeah, I, I love Marissa. They're awesome.
0: No, but but that's, that's interesting. You mentioned that, that, you know, learning new things. That's what I love about, uh, that's what I love hearing from voice actors is that you're never to, you're always learning. Like there's always going to be something that you never thought of that someone brings up and it's like, Oh
1: shit. You're right. Fuck man. I, I actually learned, um, I I think, um, I've learned a lot of stuff like just on the spot. Like I knew I learned how to do English dialect when I was uh, in war islands because the audition called for a, um, a, uh, a sort of RP Queens English thing and I didn't know how to do it. So I called up my friend and he told me like, okay, so here's how you do it. Like just repeat these phrases. Uh, in the past, a daft dance with a crafty laugh was a lasting drama, or um, the appallingly naughty daughter was caught by the law, and then you just go into it, and it um it comes out sort of like that. So, and I learned how to do it. Like I I can easily do that accent, and it uh gets me into it. Um, it is. It's also uh it's funny. My recent animation demo actually showcased it, uh, and I got to play like a a a sort of a rock star with that accent, like um. Trying to write a song uh, on the piano, and he ends up writing basically "Yesterday" by the Beatles. He is like, uh, "Oh, why do the Beatles have to be so influential? God damn it!" You know, like that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, r- Richard Tatum, who helped me produce my reel, he was uh, he was insistent like, "We got to get an accent in there because you are r- that's a really good thing you can ki- you can use." Uh, <laughs> um, but I learned that, and I learned how to also do more uh, baritone characters because I-, I-, I naturally do more characters that are tenors but with um gashin was much more of a baritone actually and in genshin there was actually a a scene in the the route the where um i played two characters back to back where i played one of them it was like one of the the militith in my natural voice kind of like this and then i had another one uh who was like i guess the leader and he talks something like this like more uh down in this area of his voice like uh we need to expect those goods captain beta like and so many people didn't know that was me they were like that that's you what what (laughs) like they and i learned to do that just through vocal training and just experimenting and learning how to um how to do it comfortably i mean because that's the one thing i will say if a voice is not comfortable for you don't do it like don't because i don't want you damaging your voice it's it's not good don't do don't do that do not do that people do not damage your voices Ah.
0: yeah no i totally agree with you like one of my biggest pieces of advice is that if something hurts don't do it don't
1: don't 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 pull a don't pull a an excel saga like you, you know um i think you've actually have you have you seen excel saga oh
0: that poor woman
1: yeah, Jessica Calvello, like, um, she played Excel for thirteen episodes and it, it was twenty-six episodes. And then by the thirteenth episode so she was just like, I can't I I can't do it. I, I I've lost my voice. It's it's done. <laughs> so they had to bring someone in to voice match her for the the next thirteen episodes. Um and I have a lot of and I mean it's funny because people cause Jessica Calvello is still um considered the voice of Excel. And I think she definitely has it. But I definitely think it was... It it sucks, though, that she had to lose her voice because of that character. I'm like, oh, you poor woman. Um, But it also makes sense because that... Because Excel just doesn't shut up. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, that that's why had... I like,
0: that's why I couldn't watch the, the sub because the, the subtitles are just moving way too fast. I'm like, I can't read yeah. this.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it also happened recently with Aaron Dismuke. Like he had some really bad vocal damage and I, he's on like a, a vocal recovery thing. And I'm, I'm really, really hoping he has a very swift recovery because God damn, that is, that's terrifying though. When you fought, when you end up damaging your voice,
0: Oh, no, I've had um, Dave Sobeloff and Courtney Taylor, and they have both have stories of damaging their vocal cords. And I remember uh, Courtney Taylor, poor Courtney Taylor, like she damaged her, her, her vocal cords so much that she couldn't talk. So she had to go out and, and carry like a sign and write down what she wanted to say. And it's like, yeah, no, I can't talk. I literally cannot talk because I damaged my yeah. throat.
1: I remember the first – the only time I think I've ever blew out my voice doing something, it was actually – when i was a freshman in college like this is back when i was 19 and um i was doing a scratch dialogue for one of my friends short films and um like i had to do like a dbz style scream for it and then by the end of it because i think we did it three times and by the end of it i went back to my room and my voice was just bass it was it did not sound like me i was like I talked like this the rest of the evening. It was like, uh... and like my, and my, and I remember calling my mom, like, uh, cause she called me and she's like, are you okay? Are you sick? I'm like, no, I just screamed really hard. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> but that was also one of the things that motivated me to start warming up and doing like my, 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 my singing training kind of helped with that where I really am very, very big on warming up before sessions. I do like lip trills, like brrr, singing on the scale, I also do the the straw phonation; those are really really good to help you if you're dealing with a, a stressful situation. Um, but yeah, it's vocal health is very important uh, in in this in the field, and I think you definitely need to keep that in mind when you're um, doing when you're doing especially stressful characters. Especially, um, uh, video game sessions tend to be very very um, hard to do. Um, also, um, a remedy that I heavily recommend i think it's a i'm gonna say this wrong um it's a like we call it um i think it's like kind of a throat coat a chinese throat coat that you can um take and it kind of helps heal your throat and everything it's really good i have a couple bottles of it upstairs um you can get it at any asian supermarket it's amazing uh but yeah
0: <laughs> oh yeah uh, i think that's uh, fred tattishore's thing where he where he yeah. drinks that before he does the hulk
1: yep <laughs> It's very funny. I didn't know Fred Tattasaur was actually, uh, so, um, I used to grow, I grew up watching, uh, the, I think it was, was it, I think it was Barnyard, back at the Barnyard, and he was the, and he was the farmer, and I'm like, that was the voice of the Hulk? What? That, that, that blew me away. I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, (laughs) definitely always good to warm up before these things, uh, and just take care of yourself. Don't, 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 don't pull up don't like do that and risk losing your voice i mean in my opinion it's worth it to protect your health than it is to hurt yourself for a part you know like also don't do like the the jared leto acting approach where he like will act like an asshole to get into character please don't do that that's not method acting that's just being an asshole
0: I don't think you can go method in, in voiceover. I don't think you well, can.
1: <laughs> so so there's a big misconception about method acting, and I remember talking with Lily Lammers and Kiba Walker about this. Um, basically, uh, method acting is just like an idea of you know of Stanislavski and of, um, well, Stanislavski and um, what else was there? Yeah, Stan- Stanislavski, Meisner, and all that, which is about really being in the moment and really trying to be be truthful and like bring this sense of honesty to the performance sometimes with different avenues of emotional recall. But whereas with Jared Leto, where he like will gain a lot of weight for a role or he'll like start acting like an asshole to his co-stars like that completely betrays. I I remember talking with Lily Lammers. told me like that betrays what Stanislavski actually taught. So it's bullshit. So yeah, don't do that. Do not do that. Um. (laughs) But yeah, that, that that's one of the um that's probably the one example that I can think of where it would it would be a really fucked up thing to do.
0: <laughs> but again, I, I'm just trying to think of like um like uh, I'm trying to think of an example of like what not to do in voiceover because well there's a lot 'cause there's a yeah. lot of stuff I feel like people just don't don't understand when they're don't, doing um, it.
1: Don't send a demo reel of impressions to casting directors. That's one thing. Like I I do know um like I sometimes like I'll I, I'm in some servers and sometimes we'll get these kind of newcomers coming in and they'll be saying like, "Hey guys, listen to my impression of this character and this character." Um yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I just tend to think of like it is that kind of thing, but mostly it, it's that's more on etiquette and anything else. I think um I can't really think of any do's and don'ts when it comes to um vo except for obviously be respectful um don't hound casting directors um and also have a level of etiquette in the class um and and take direction i mean definitely taking direction is a big thing that every actor knows and i i was i was recently coaching with mary lynn wissner and she told me one of the biggest strengths i had was that i take direction very well and i was like yeah and and i I, because that's a big thing i mean i i want to help the the client or the director get what th- what they're looking for so it's good to um uh <laughs>
0: also it's okay uh, it's okay to um to uh, get a line read because uh, <laughs> yeah i
1: mean I, I i personally i will say this i'm not as big of a fan of line reading but i liked i i think it's okay to use it as a last resort if maybe the the actor's not getting where you need and it's like um can you just kind of do it like this as long as you're respectful about it too because if you're being a dick just like a oh you gotta say it like this like uh say the line like this um but but yeah uh that's that's a uh that's kind of like something i would i would think about i mean i i personally am not a big fan of line reading but i can understand like if the director does it because they just need to get the take if it's because if we're on a deadline they need to like it's like okay we got to get this get this get this um or they're not getting the the thing and usually a lot of directors are very respectful about it so i'm very i'm very thankful with that i know um alex von david i've heard who's a big anime director he does practically no line reading he wants the actors to actually capture it so that's a director I'd love to work with is Alex von David. Cause I've heard nothing but great things about him from people in the industry. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's uh that's that.
0: Also know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Don't go in there yes. and be like, yeah, I can, I can totally do this archetype. But then when you, when you put on the spot, you're like, shit, I didn't think you'd <laughs> give me the part.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh shit. Like that that's the thing. Cause if you do a character that you actually physically cannot voice, it's gonna hurt especially if you have to do it for like 10 episodes it's just like i i don't know some people are uh I, I i don't know i've never really seen an example of anything that i consider well i mean obviously we've talked about people having very nasty behavior on social media like i i've seen actors um i never seen actors that were like outright demanding work or like that auditions be reopened actually no i remember having an example this is for a casting call i ran back in december for like an rpg game and i had this one guy texting me on discord asking me like uh, about submissions and everything i'm like okay yeah you do this do that and then months later he ends up texting me uh after it's closed and the characters have been selected and he's like i need to know that i received this part i'm like uh i'm not answering that like i just deleted that i'm like yeah, uh, one, uh, it's already closed, and two, no, you're not receiving this part because that was very disrespectful.
0: The fucking nerve of that guy.
1: Sorry. I need
0: to know. I need to know. I hate that type of language. I need to know. Fuck off.
1: I like It's just like, I need to know that I got this part. I'm like, uh, you didn't get it. Sorry. Sorry! <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I hate it, though, when... When people, like, think that they have the part immediately, I'm like, guys, you didn't book it. Like, just, no. No. You know, that's that's a big thing that really is a big, um, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Also,
0: um, um, don't befriend people hoping to get work. Please do not do that. That is really disgusting.
1: Don't do that. Do not do that. Um, I've had some people trying to do that to me recently like trying to well no I had one person asking me uh hey so I really wanted to get into voice acting I was wondering if we could collab and everything this is after I announced that I was in Genshin and I'm just like I I can sort of tell it's like cuz this person like was I went to like school with them and they were just like uh and they used to be kind of a pissant to a lot of people including me and I'm like oh so you're being nice to me now because I got something that you want so so after that I was like yeah no I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> or 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 like... it's like or it's like oh you're in Genshin you must know all the other cast members. No.
1: No, I don't. <laughs> I mean I know I know some but I don't know all of them. Like because there there are some people that I just don't interact with. I don't know I mean I I know their names but I don't know them like per se. Like that's that's a big thing like people assume that I know all these big people like they they think i know erica harlicker and all these people i'm like i i don't i i just i i, I was in something with them but i don't know them i'm sorry
0: <laughs> we don't record together <laughs>
1: there's a big thing that's that's why we record separately that's a big thing um but but yeah that's that's been that's mostly what i've uh what i kind of gathered from that but but yeah it's it's not like a it's not really in a weird way i i do understand some people are also very excitable. Um, so they like to maybe like they, they're they very excited to meet their idols and everything, but I feel like they, and sometimes they forget what it means to, you know, how to behave because like they, they forget that these people are are people too. And they think like, Oh, they kind of put them on that pedestal. And I'm guilty of that. I've done that when I was first starting out, but, and you learn, you learn to get better with it at time with time, you know? And I think, it also, I, I can forgive it with people that are younger, especially people that are like in their like late teens, early twenties, because they're are still very young. Hell, I, I was very much that way when I was like in my late teens, early twenties, and I had to, and I learned to shed it because I, but also because people told me like, hey, like this is this is why y- you you kind of have this tendency to do that. I think you could tone it down a little bit, and that's why I definitely think it's also good to be honest with people. I, I think, um, obviously, like. there's a certain level of honesty and if they're if they're if they are if they are receptive to it they will take it and they will say okay i'm gonna try and get better about this um so so i definitely have i'm definitely forgiving of some people and i've seen people that have definitely changed since then i mean hell i was very much that person when i started out um and i've gotten better about it because i've gotten older i've had more life experience and um Stuff like that i I also think um, from my own personal experience uh I remember around twenty twenty or so, I went through this kind of period where, where um I was kind of but no I'm not going to exaggerate, I was very arrogant and kind of entitled because it, you know it was around that time when like everything was going to crap, COVID happened, and the job market just was not going anywhere, so I felt like I had to put on this persona of being this kind of big guy otherwise like people wouldn't respect me or they'd like think less of me. But I realized um the more I did that, the more people like were kind of off put by it and then it just gave them an off vibe. So and I had to like and I had to really learn that um there's a certain level of I mean there there there's certain there's confidence and then there's fake confidence which is can also be achieved as that could also be perceived as arrogance. And I had to really learn that. And I think um, I remember someone actually messaged me and we talked about it for a while. And they said to me, I know that you're a nice person and I know deep down you're good, but you really need to realize this is this kind of thing is going to turn a lot of people off. And and I think also working at Amazon and the grocery store kind of also humbled me down a little bit because I kind of realized going to those groceries, working in those positions and kind of feeling like total crap all day i was like okay i'm i'm human i'm not a big shot or any of those things so and i think like that that that's a lesson that i think a lot of people can learn is that we're all human we're not like big celebrities or gods or anything like that we're just we're all people at the end of the day
0: yeah and that's why i don't like it when someone thinks it's a good idea to send someone hate on twitter it's mm-hmm. like, don't do that. don't like if you don't if you dislike a show, don't at the actors about it because like they don't care. Like it's not, you know, why why harass someone over a decision that they that they just showed up to play a character?
1: It's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because fandoms, I mean fandoms tend to be very toxic sometimes, so they will take a lot of those things and try and put it out there because they want to publicly express their dis dis i mean and some fans can definitely be very cutthroat so a lot of them want to um express that on social media because they feel like they they want to get back at the people who are destroying their franchise quote-unquote i'm like it's not it wasn't your franchise to begin with so yeah you're you're being really stupid there my my dude um (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah like that's i don't really think about um i think about that and i just think like crap that's just like it's it's just like I, I don't understand the thought process of those kind of people like that they think attacking somebody is the the answer to um to like to, to to basically solving their problems you know and i'm like it's not gonna solve anything all right like look you don't have to like a show or whatever but don't put the actor at the blunt of your criticism you know that's just, man, that's, that, that's, it's, it's, it's fucked, man. I I don't get it.
0: Yeah. It's really I'm, stupid. It's like, I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna reply to something and, and call something trash. And it's like, okay, you have, I mean, you, yeah. you have, you have the right to feel that way, but like, can you post it on your own page, please, please don't, don't show up in the replies to someone else's post I'm waiting, when, they're I'm just waiting for the, when they're promoting, when they're promoting something, don't do that. I'm, I fucking hate yeah. that
1: i'm waiting for the day when i get cast for something like like maybe a fan favorite character and then suddenly i get messages from people saying oh you destroyed my favorite character why'd you do that you know and i would and i'll just be like sorry <laughs> like i'm just gonna go like uh sorry to disappoint my my dude you know <laughs> like i'll just be a i'll just be like a total asshole about it like i mean i well, not a total asshole but i'll be like uh i'll just be like super like um what i'll just be super chill about it like um sorry (laughs) like it's kind of like a i I think about that scene from batman begins where christian bale was just like a just said sorry to disappoint and then just walks out of the restaurant that whole scene (laughs) that's that's kind of my my uh approach to it (laughs) because i feel like i i'm at the point now where i don't feel like um i don't feel as um i i used to get really upset about these type of things but I think now that I'm older and I have more like of a thick skin, I just don't I don't mind it as much as I used to, you know.
0: Oh um, man, I-, I you know when I first started doing the show, uh, the nose would like really get to me, and I would get really angry and I would get really frustrated. I'm like, oh, how dare this person do this other podcast and not mine and blah blah blah. But you know, as I got older, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna make the best of what I. what what i can make the best of and it's like fine you know i'll get people who again and i said this before i don't give a shit if you've done like 100 rolls or two or three if you've done something i'm familiar with we're gonna talk about it
1: yeah yeah it's um i definitely can understand like the uh the appeal of it you know and I don't know. I I understand like I mean but that's the thing I say with actors like if you don't get cast in something just say, "All right, well, I'll try harder for the next one." Or, "All right, well, I'll just work harder," you know? I mean, that's why like I was the same way. Like when I saw some of my friends getting into some big things, I was like, "Well, I'm going to work hard so I can achieve something like that too." And I did. Um and in the meantime, I'm going to like cheer these guys on because they are my friends and they're awesome and they deserve this. That's definitely how I approach it. Like, hell, my one of my buddies, uh, John Patnoe, is uh, freelancing now with Atlas, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" Like, and that's an agency that I do aspire to, and I'm like, you know what? They worked hard for it. They're really talented, and they earned this, and they're gonna rock it. And I, and it inspires me to reach a similar thing like that. So, and now, granted, I understand that some people will have more of a negative thing of it, but at the end of the day, it, I, who, it, it, it's like who gives a shit about those people if people are going to be petty about it and just like be dicks then let them live their own their own like existence you know just have fun basically
0: yeah Um, yeah that's that's why i'm like you know what let's just cast people of color and all the and all the fan favorite roles just to piss the people just to piss people off
1: I mean especially if these actors are really good like i mean aj beckles and Zeno robinson those those dudes are freaking amazing and they've been getting some really awesome work recently like i know um i've been recently watching orient and oh my god aj is so good he's really great as the lead also tokyo revengers was another one that i saw with him in it he's he really really blew up and he earned it he was a very he's a very hard worker and i think he really busted his ass to get to these places and still does too like i know um i was in a class recently uh with him and he just he just kills it every single time he has like this great subtlety that he can bring to performances and and he's just a sweet dude overall like so kind not in any way arrogant um very humble very great guy um (laughs) And I haven't met Zeno, but I've heard nothing but great things about Zeno as well. And he's Thai in Digimon. I'm like, yes! Like, hearing a character from my childhood being played by him and in a really awesome way, it's just like, yes, that's so good. Man, so good. So
0: good. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, uh, one of my favorite actresses working today is Anaris in- Quinones, and I, th- I think she's just yeah. – She's just so phenomenal. I have yet to see her give a bad performance. I have yet to see oh, her yeah. give a single bad performance. I'm like, yeah, no, she's she's fucking amazing. She's so yeah. good, yeah.
1: so good. <laughs> an- Anaris is Anaris is awesome, though. I've seen her in a lot of different things. I know, um, as well. I saw I saw an interview recently with because uh, she was doing a Jitsu kaizen uh, recently with Kaylee McKee. Those two just, God, they're both so talented. Uh, Kaylee is. I've seen Kaylee in a lot of different stuff. Like Kaylee's range is just amazing. Like whenever I, I hear her as um, the, the protagonist in, uh, in Jujutsu Kaisen and uh, she's in uh, B-Stars, like just God, so talented. They're all just so talented. Um,
0: oh man. Uh, Kaylee is Testament and Guilty Gear. Holy shit. <laughs>
1: exactly. She's exactly. It's amazing. Right? Like, God, she's so good. Um, and, and I, and it, it inspires me because I really admire. I aspire to be like th- these kind of people that can give these grounded, very great reads. Because I mean, I'm I'm still learning as an actor. I'm still trying to figure out my my performances. Because I mean, the the truth of the matter was, I mean, I I say this a lot, but I mean, because I went into this with no acting background or stuff like that, and I had to kind of learn as I was going along. Like I I went in. It's funny because we we talk a lot about fake it till you make it. I very much like um was somebody who followed the fake it till you make it mentality and i think it has worked for me but now i'm trying to um get myself to where i want to be uh in, in terms of my abilities i want to get myself to a place where i don't have to wing it or fake it a lot i mean now i i don't fake it for every performance i mean now i i do commit to it i do give a lot but i definitely think that um i definitely want to give myself uh the the freedom to um to be able to go into these performances more with a lot more confidence and a lot more prestige you know especially because AMAME was a big learning experience for that to learn the adr process and to really play a grounded emotional character um so i definitely i definitely aspire to give something similar um in future performances and other shows that come along depending on the situation
0: and what are your plans for the future
1: so uh, my plan is to, well, the plan right now is to move to Dallas Fort Worth in October. Uh, if things go well, I've been planning that out uh, for the better part of this year. Um, my my family is kind of they're they're a little hesitant about it because they, well, I, I'm I'm the baby in the family, so I feel like it's that kind of empty nest syndrome where they're like, oh no, like our, our our youngest is going away, we're gonna be all alone, you know, like that that kind of thing, and they have um been giving me some little things to try and prepare for it just so i'm not caught off guard um but i have three people lined up for it i um, gonna get all uh connections down there uh, look for a possible part-time job depending if uh vo doesn't fully sustain me it's been it's been working out but you never know because it's a very inconsistent um it's a very inconsistent kind of business so you never know if things will uh you never know if maybe one month you're gonna have a really dry period where you're not getting any work or stuff like that Uh, and just continue to do more work. I definitely want to do more anime work um, and also really want to break into some more video games. Uh, Another thing that I've really been trying to work on this year is to get into a new agency, because I was with an agency for six months over the summer, uh, and it just didn't work out. I wasn't really big on their practices, because they kind of were the agency that's like, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks, and I, I don't really like that. Um, so I want to find one that's very communicative and really helps me as the person, you know, somebody who can help me kind of find what I want to fulfill in terms of my uh, my, my my goals and things like that. So I definitely am on that search right now. It's it's hard because you got to really, really show what you can do. I'm also uh, trying to get a new commercial demo done as well because I, I got one done earlier last year and I just wasn't fond of it because it was like, it's just, it's a little dated and it doesn't really show what I am capable of as an actor. So I want to show what I can do, you know? Uh, so I definitely am looking towards that and really just constantly working my ass off. I mean, really just wanting to be a good person to people in this industry and in in the community and just trying to give as much, um, positive vibes as I can, because I feel like A lot of people can have a very rough time and I know that I've definitely been in those places and I just want to, I want to give people a, I want to let people know that if you can do that, if you want to do this, like go for it and whether it works out, I mean, I can't say, but give it a shot, you know, because I think that what matters is if you at least give it, I I say it like this, I'd rather try and fail than not try at all because, you know, Obviously there's the whole thing. Like if you try, you never know what's going to happen, but would you rather try than not try at all? That's really the biggest thing I often ask. I had to ask myself. And it's, it's funny. I, I remember having that conversation with my dad when I was coming home from DFW and we were talking about it. And I told my dad, you know, I'd rather just try this out. And if it, if it fails, then it fails, but at least I did it, you know? And he's like, you know what? I appreciate that. Um, so I definitely think that, that. That would be kind of my overall plans for the future, you know, stuff like that.
0: No, I totally relate because, <laughs> because you know, when I when I did this, when I did the whole reboot of the show, because originally the show started out as just me and my buddy Tom talking about whatever. You know, and long story short, you know, twenty eighteen was not a good year for me. I was going through a lot of personal stuff, and I said, you know what. Yeah. I want to reach out to someone and, you know, maybe they'll say yes, maybe they'll say no. And then, you know, they said yes. And I loved doing that interview because even though I sounded out of it at the time, because of, you know, something I don't want to get into right now because Mm -hmm. it's a sensitive subject, but um, I loved doing that interview. And I said, and I spent like, you know, the rest of that year thinking, you know what, you love voice acting, you know, you love talking to voice actors you have the means to do this so now is the time to take that leap of faith and yeah and either it works out or it doesn't and for the most part it's been working out fine
1: i mean it's i mean i'd say it is but sometimes there will be times where it can be a little rough i mean i know um i think march or april was kind of a really rough month because i wasn't booking a lot in terms of commercial work and i was just worried um also because when i when i did my taxes like because this is the first year i filed um on my own as an independent contractor and when i found out what i had to pay in terms of um quarterlies i just like i just like lost myself i was like oh oh, no i i felt it it was like a but you know and i think like but after like um after i had some time to kind of process it and get myself kind of back to my place i thought you know what at least I, if doing this means I did pretty good this year, so that's um, but that's definitely a uh, a thing that I've been working towards, and also, um, trying to uh, just constantly networking is a definitely a, a big thing, and improving myself because there's some days where I'll come out of a session and I'll think, God damn, that was I that, I felt horrible, that was terrible, I, I sounded like shit, or other days I'll come out and say, you know what, I did a pretty damn good job today, you know, it's like it it depends. Cause sometimes you'll have days where it's just not working or you'll feel like you're not hitting certain pinnacles and it's just, and that's the thing with any kind of job or any performer, you're going to have days where you just feel like crap. You know, I remember, um, this is a different example. Cause, uh, well, I'm a musician as well. I sing and I play guitar. Um, but there's this one guitarist that I remember reading about, uh, Gary Moore, he was like with Thin Lizzie for a while. And, um, i remember reading this article he would finish up shows and he would come out of these shows like um saying like like one guy like said one guy like came out uh they were they were like backstage at a thing and he's like uh hey man like a really fucking great job out there and he's like what no that was a fucking load of shit i've never played so bad ever like and he's like what like because like he was kind of caught off guard because he's like i'm sorry like because like, but that's the thing, a lot of times you are your own worst critic and you're going to feel really not great about it. But I think that really goes to show how um, people will look at these things that you do and you'll – and they'll think, wow, that was great. But other times you'll look at it and say, oh, that was terrible. Like, hell, I have moments where I, where I watch Ame and there's some parts where I'm like, oh, I could have done that so much better. You know, like it's it's like it's that self-criticism, you know, like and I, but I also think that that keeps me humble, you know, because I, I can watch these things and find some parts where I'm like, oh, and Um, I I remember like my dad kind of told me, well, that means you're, you're staying humble and that's a good thing.
0: You know, it's a learning experience. You're like, okay, I, now I know, now I know what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. I mean, good good Lord, some of the, (laughs) I re-listened to some like older episodes I've done and I'm like, holy shit, dude, (laughs) this is terrible. (laughs) What was I thinking? (laughs) It's like, but it's like, Hey man, I know now, like I know what to do now. And you know, you learn stuff. You learn how to properly control a conversation. How to, you know exactly. what what to ask, what to not ask. You know whether you're working with a time limit or not. You know it's it's fine. It's fine.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's okay. I mean, we all, you know, like performers don't give excellence every single time. Like people think that. I mean, hell, I, I even compare this to um, I, I I think of it kind of also like uh like musicians as well. Sometimes you're gonna have a really amazing album, then you're going to have an album that is not that good. Like, I mean, um, what's the band? Uh, I mean, Pink Floyd has had a lot of albums that were great. I mean, The Wall, Animals, um, Dark Side of the Moon, but then they have some albums that were really not that great, like Umaguma or, um, The Final Cut or was it The Final Cut? I think it was, yeah, it was The Final Cut or, um, or my personal, uh, one that I didn't really, uh, enjoy, um, the endless river. Like I, I was remember like, cause I'm i I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. I was really looking forward to that album. I'm like, finally, this is going to be so good. Album comes out. I'm like, what the fuck was this? Like that's, but that's also me being a purist and kind of being critical. Um, so, I mean that album could be also pretty good for other people who have listened to it, you know?
0: I mean, it depends on the era you grew up when, you know, if, if you grew up in with, um, stuff that you remember as a kid, that, Is going to hold some value to you and you're going to be like, oh, this is amazing. But if it's someone who didn't grow up with that, with that in that era and you show them this and they're like, I don't get, I don't get it. Like, what's the big deal of that?
1: That, Yeah. Oh my God. People like would, I remember when I was in college, like I would like play these pink floyd and who tracks for my roommates and they weren't really rooted in classic rock music so they would listen to it and they're like well, i don't get it like why why do you like this so much i'm like it's so good don't you understand it's so amazing like i was i would get so excited about it and um but also i i've also that's another thing was also learning to respect other people's opinions because you know I had this period where I would get very defensive about like certain subjects. Like if people would say like, oh, I don't like this movie or whatever, I would get very defensive about it. But now I'm like, eh, OK, you know, like I can even I can even say out loud, like I I'm not a huge fan of. um, What's the word? I, <laughs> I'm i wondering, like, I, I don't know if there's any uh thing that would get me like pinned to the wall, though. Like, how dare you uh, talk bad about this? I oh, know. I remember one example. I made a post saying that I didn't like the song uh, "I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas," and my friend Claire um, DM'd me and was like, "How dare you slander? I want a hippo for Christmas." I'm like, "I I just don't like it. I'm sorry."
0: <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer is better.
1: <laughs> I don't like that one that much either. <laughs> just saying. Um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she she got run over. That's a pretty dark song to play to kids, isn't it?
0: That's why I say, like, look, my favorite Christmas song of all time is the night, the, the night that Santa went crazy, and that's it. Like, that's my favorite yes. Christmas song of okay. all time. That,
1: that one is great because Weird Al knew what the hell he was, say, what he was doing with that. But holy crap, I didn't know that he could write a dark song like that. Because um, Weird Al doesn't really strike me as the kind of guy who would write a really, really messed up song. You know, I kind of figured he'd be more of the guy who would write a something a bit more lighthearted. You know?
0: Oh no, uh, I love. Um party in the cia that's a really fucked up song (laughs)
1: like a surgeon (laughs) um or uh my my other favorite uh pretty fly for a rabbi um like how you doing bernie like that whole thing uh (laughs) it's funny though um apparently I, i actually read something about weird al um that for years um prince uh refused to um have his songs parodied by Weird Al because he just did not like that idea. He was very protective of his things, and when Prince passed away, uh, I saw a video of Weird Al. Like I think he was getting ready to go into an airport into an airport for a tour with his wife, and he like was asked about it like by a TMZ person, and he said, "You know, Prince didn't like it. You know, so I want to respect his his wishes and not really get into it." So there is a lot of Prince ideas that will never see the light of day, unfortunately. Um, and I and I have a lot of respect for him because even though he admitted it was kind of like a it was kind of a bummer that he didn't get to ever parody a prince song, it was like, you know what? At the very least, he I, I respect the fact that he honored his wishes um, when he passed away. You know, that's a very nice thing of him. Um, uh, my,
0: I think my favorite Weird Al story was that he got in trouble for Amish Paradise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but, which I mean, I remember listening to Amish Paradise. Like that's one of my favorite parodies he's done. And yet he got in trouble with Coolio because Coolio was like, oh, my God, he's disrespecting my image. And then years later, like, Coolio actually said, I was being a jerk. It's actually a really funny cover. <laughs> That's really funny, though. I, I I love that.
0: Well, what's funny was that he, you know, Coolio had a problem with that, with, you know, Weird Al, quote, unquote, disrespecting his image. But he shows up in a lot of commercials and he was Kwanzaa bot in Futurama, for God's
1: sakes. Also gangsta's paradise was actually in uh it was in the sonic trailer like what are you what are you doing buddy you had it in that really awful sonic trailer that um that was show, what was shown like when when sonic looked ugly which actually it's funny that's another that's another movie i need to see i need to see the new chippendale rescue rangers thing on oh Disney oh god Press it's awful it's not great
0: yeah it's awful <laughs> oh
1: I, I thought it was all my friends were saying it was, it was like really funny or it was way better than Alvin and the chipmunks.
0: That's not a compliment.
1: <laughs> hey, if it's better than Alvin and the chipmunks, I'll take it. Okay. But I heard like, um, they had a thing called ugly Sonic in there and I'm like, I gotta see this.
0: Oh like, yeah. I- I, okay. That was the funniest part of the movie, but that's it. Like that was the only thing that got like a legit laugh out of me. Everything else is kind of, if, eh. if
1: I do, if I do see it, I'll let you know what I think of it. It's probably, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I might like it, but yeah, like that's uh that's uh <laughs> that's kind of my uh my overall opinion of it. But we'll we'll see what happens when I see it. I need to actually a reason for me to start using my Disney Plus account that I have.
0: Oh god, don't tell me you're still paying for something that you're not watching.
1: Oh, it's actually under my, my mother's thing because she ended up cause when I got my phone, uh my 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 new iPhone, I got all these different things for free. So I can watch Hulu, Disney Plus, uh netflix and a couple other things i i tend to use hulu more because i watch like law and order and stuff like that um and i've been and i watch a lot of netflix stuff like i watch a lot of netflix anime and stuff like that finished watching squid game finally after constantly delaying it uh i still need to watch stranger things i know you can shame me for that i haven't seen stranger things okay <laughs> you're, you're not gonna shame me oh my god I'm not, a I'm not i'm not fan am i no dude fuck no <laughs> you, you haven't seen it or you're just not a fan
0: i watched like the first two seasons and i'm like no this is just 80s nostalgia the tell the television show and i have no interest in that
1: but yeah that's uh on top of that i mean most of what I do nowadays in terms of entertainment is I go out to I whenever I'm at the gym I just listen to musicals now on my on my phone, like um, the other day I was listening to Be More Chill at the gym, really good. That's a really fun one to listen to. Um, are you are you a musical person?
0: Um, like- the only musical I liked was Little Shop of Horrors, and that's it.
1: That's good. Yeah, Little Shop <laughs> of Horrors is great. That's a great one. <laughs> I'll um, be
0: your dentist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or uh like feed me seymour feed me all night long <laughs> like, suddenly
0: seymour oh that yeah. song is so sweet i'm sorry that song is very a really, sweet <laughs> that's a
1: very wholesome one yeah i, I like suddenly seymour but um i'm actually trying to see if i can see a broadway show this summer i'm thinking of going to see beetlejuice um because i got obsessed with it when i first heard it and it's so funny because i i watch hell of a boss and alex brightman who played beetlejuice Uh, on broadway he guest starred in hell of a boss as one of the characters and i was like yes that's perfect casting like that's just perfect um but it's 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 funny because um alex brightman also did a the school of rock musical and he was hilarious as like dewey jack black's character um god (laughs) so much fun i love it uh (laughs) there's so many great ones out there i mean I didn't expect that I would enjoy the mean girls one as much, but that one was really fun to listen to.
0: Oh, the Heather's musical was really good. I like yes. that.
1: Yeah. Oh God. Heather's amazing. Mm. <laughs> Candy store is amazing. And also uh dead girl walking. And what's the other one? Or no, uh, the song blue, like where it's about these, uh, these jocks that have blue balls. <laughs>
0: basically any song that you cannot sing that you'll get trouble in public singing for it's on there
1: (laughs) like my if my college actually took a risk and did like avenue q or book of mormon i would have a lot of respect for my college because they well they, they did a young frankenstein one year and there's a there's a song called please don't touch me which is sung by uh, Fra- Frankenstein's fiance, and there's a, a section of the song where she sings an ode to her breasts, and they cut that whole section out from the music from the from my college performance. And I was like, no, that would have been so funny. <laughs> like, it would have been so funny, but they cut it out because it's a college performance. They they probably wouldn't do Avenue Q either because they wouldn't do. Uh, they would not be able to sing. Uh, um, the internet is for porn because that would be. They would get flags so quickly for that.
0: Oh, oh, Avenue Q—that was that's the one with the puppets, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mary Faber was in that. I had her on the show. She's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that was. <laughs> yeah, Mary Faber was. I-, I think she was a. She. She was Kate Monster, actually, wasn't she? Like in the. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's,
0: she's she... a phenomenal puppeteer.
1: Yeah, they were everybody in that show was great that was actually something i did want to get into at some point uh before vo was actually puppeteering because i did really admire jim henson and the muppets and stuff like that like i i saw a whole documentary on defunct land about uh the about jim henson and his history with making all these uh puppets and stuff for years he was amazing puppeteer that's another thing is a passion of mine is uh theme park attractions and stuff like that Really, really okay. Love,
0: uh... Seeing as you brought up Defunct Land, that Garfield episode,
1: <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Don't spoil it yet. I still need to watch
0: oh, that. Oh, it is. It is. Oh fuck.
1: I... <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> it's. I. I love this history about theme park attractions because I used to go to. I went to Universal multiple times, um, in my life. Like I think I went uh a total of like maybe five or six times. Let me see. I went when i was six uh as well as to disney that same year then i went um when i was 10 when i was uh when i was 12 when i was uh 17 and then when i was 19 so i've went a total of five times like over my life and it gets better every time you go um and i always was interested because i would go on some of the attractions like especially the ones with animatronics and the way that some of these have evolved like the, a lot of them have gotten really better over the years especially for the newer ones but some tend to also be a little dated and they kind of are deteriorating slightly like the Jurassic Park one is a really good example they the the ones on that ride are just like they're also in the water so i think it's causing them to deteriorate like it's apparently from what people have told me people have this fear of submerged machinery called submechanophobia and when they see, like, a lot of these animatronics in the water and some of them are, like, deteriorating, it, like, it causes, like, fear. Um Which I can't blame them because they do look really, really terrifying.
0: Oh, have you um, seen what happened to the Stitch animatronic?
1: Oh, I saw, like, the, the thumbnail. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's actually something that, okay. So I I never went on the Stitch ride and I didn't go on the previous ride, Alien Encounter, but I'm so mad that they replaced it uh, because alien encounter was so much was so cool in the fact that it made use of um the the seats had like these little speakers and sort of headphones that made it feel like you were in the like the alien was like lo- like touching you and stuff and I understand like they had to get rid of it because like parents like uh like park guests like said that their kids would be scared of it and all that but I also know um there was a bit of a controversy with the um one of the actors who was in the the pre show uh he was the
0: oh he was no, the, what's his face um
1: yeah he was the 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 principal from Ferris Bueller and it turned out he uh was not a very good person so they had to uh they had to remove that which really sucks you know cuz like it was a really really great um it was a really great ride and you know it had a lot of great things and the stitch ride itself was i guess okay but i heard some people like would kind of not really didn't really enjoy it because they would get off the ride and just feel nauseous because like there's a part where stitch like burps in your face and it's like really gross. Like the, the scent was like just too overwhelming for some people. I um, mean,
0: I understand like people's com- complaining about it, but like from the footage I've seen, it was a nice animatronic. It was it oh, yeah. captured it, it the character right. perfectly. And it's kind of it, sad seeing it turn into. Ugh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it looked really I remember in the in the thumbnail for Yesterworld it was like all skeletal. I'm like, "Oh no, Stitch, I'm sorry." Like apparently though the the alien encounter animatronic is on display somewhere in like a different like I think it's like at Tokyo Disneyland now. They like have a they have a whole animatronic of it. And but honestly, looking at the Stitch one when it was like all um like messed up and everything, it reminded me of like a FNAF for some reason, like the the really deteriorated animatronics in FNAF 3 that i don't know there was something uh really frightening about that i i can't remember what the name of that one animatronic was i think it was called uh something i i don't i haven't played fnaf in a long time so i don't really know
0: i don't um, I, i'm not a fan of that franchise so i wouldn't know
1: i mean it's it's actually pretty cool that they incorporated vo work into it i know um one of my 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 friends uh Devin lauderdale he's in the new uh fnaf i think it's security breach he's uh the the gator who plays guitar um God, I would I would kill though to play uh in a in a FNAF game, but the, I hear they only cast through the pay-to-play sites. So um you have to really, really jump on them because they're very fast. Uh <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: all I know about that that franchise is the um fan art and um
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> my, my exposure to it was actually not as much through the fan art as more of it was through um the creepy pastas you know cuz there was a lot of people um yeah uh i remember like yeah yeah I, I remember um seeing a lot of these uh things about the the lore and the whole the bite of 87 and all that there was something really really cool about that to me especially as a horror fan like i really enjoy that type of uh content um and god creepy pastas i used to read so many of them when i was in high school um, and especially when you when you're in the basement and you like because my you can turn off the lights down here. If you turn on the TV and like you listen to the narration and you turn off all the lights, it makes the experience so much more frightening because you actually feel like you're in the moment and you feel like something's gonna happen.
0: Oh man, I remember reading uh, Red Mist for the first time alone yeah. <laughs> in the dark. And- And it's like, (laughs) I I think the
1: one that got me was, uh, I read this one. I think it was abandoned by Disney. That was the first one I, I I watched on Mr. Creepypasta's channel and I would, um, and I turned off all the lights in the basement and I was watching it on my PS3 on the YouTube app. So I turned it all off. I turned it on and I just like sat there and listened and I was like, this is scary. Um, like it really, it it felt like something was going to pop out at you. Um, but also, uh, J- Jeff the Killer was another one, which I I, I saw uh Tat's top videos, like they did top ten n- non-gaming uh, creepy pastas. This is like back in 2013, and um, there was a scene where it shows like a I guess a scene from the the episode where Jeff becomes great, makes the glass go smile and everything, and like so- they had like this artwork of someone like a-, a cosplayer who was like doing it, and the look of that. For a 15-year-old me, because I I saw every horror movie under the sun, but that freaked the hell out of me. And I was like – and I remember my cousin was over. I'm like – and I was like, god damn, that's freaky. Like I was like – I was terrified. I just like wanted to – I just wanted to run away. Oh, my god. But Oh,
0: I think to me, like honestly, the older I get, I'm more interested in where the creepypastas came from because a lot of these stories just – kind of pop up kind of pop up out of nowhere and i'm like huh that's way more interesting than than the stories themselves
1: yeah i think the best one out of all of them is the russian sleep experiment that one is um probably the most frightening to read especially when you get to the end and you discover that this the, the the whole idea is that like because these people were kept alive for so were kept awake for so long this inner evil inside of them becomes active and they um and we basically um sedate it when we go to sleep we keep this evil from kind of coming out so because of the fact that they were being kept awake for so long it made this come out of it so especially that last ending like so nearly free that one is oh that that's a very scary one um but yeah, there's that. And honestly, now I'm just thinking about that Garfield episode because I really got to see it now. Like, I'm just going to ask, is it scary? Is it really scary?
0: No, it goes in a direction that's um, really, really odd. Let's just say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, God, there's so many episodes are really, really fun to watch. I, I like watching the history episodes on like trouble history of films and stuff, especially about a the making of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But and it's and it is funny that like the the movie itself was filmed in Munich, you know, because they of the because of the fantasy aesthetic and everything. And they didn't set it in like a particular place. And I think that really worked to the advantage because the 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 book itself didn't really have a, a set location. We could assume that it was set in England, you know, because Roald Dahl is from England. Um but I, I guess it depends, you know, like I I do remember reading the The book a couple of times in uh in when i was a kid and kind of seeing a lot of the things about it because i think Dahl does have that thing of sending his things in england actually as a matter of fact the other day i was like looking around my basement and everything like cleaning out some stuff and i found a copy of the witches just sitting in my back room and i'm like holy shit i read this as a kid this is awesome um you've seen the witches i'm sure
0: oh that movie mortified me
1: <laughs> i i loved it i don't know what it was but i never was scared of it as a kid i thought it was awesome i mean people always think like i, I it was probably the the grand high witch thing right
0: it was the grand high witch the kids being turned into my bats <laughs> i
1: i don't know i i kind of thought that was cool when they turned them into mice i'm like hey i want to be a mouse too like that was but i think like also reading the book the ending is a lot worse in the novel because unlike the film where he he turns back like after the where he ends up like t- turning back into a like a boy at the end in the book it's like said like that he's not going to live a couple more years he'll only live a couple more years along with his grandmother and he's fine with that and i'm like that that's dark okay i don't like that you know that that just didn't really sit well with me. I I, I thought that that was that was weird. Although I didn't I didn't I haven't seen the the new film yet, but I'm kind of I kind of don't want to because I've heard like it's just not that great. Um, but also apparently they they got Kristen Chenoweth, the the queen of Broadway, to play like an, one of the mice who I guess is like in a subplot is like one of the other like children that got turned into something. I'm just like. Ah. I'm not gonna do it I don't know I when you're when you're when you're like when you see one of the originals and you're so used to it it's like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this one I'm fine you know yeah um but I will say Angelica Houston was amazing as the Grand High Witch definitely one of the uh the best performers I'd seen uh, I, mean, a really, I mean really cool person
0: I mean as you know watching it as an adult now it's like yeah whatever I mean because you you, you You know, you're older and you see the cheap effects for what they are. And it's kind of like, yeah, this isn't scary. But like when you're like a kid, it's like, oh boy. (laughs) I
1: think, yeah. And that's why I feel like practical effects do age very well, in my opinion. Like I've always felt strongly about practical effects in movies, especially. And this is why I love animatronics in movies, because they are so effective in eliciting a kind of reaction from you. And also when you practical effects they look real like i could watch a movie that had animatronics and stop motion i I remember making a post on twitter where i said hey hollywood make a movie that incorporates all practical effects and stop motion animation no cgi allowed like i mean i dare you and i'm like and a lot of people were like i don't know," but like but patrick they need to they have to use cgi so they can make money otherwise they're not going to afford their fancy yachts And i'm like fuck the yachts Like, just have... We don't need the yachts. What about artistic achievements? You know, like that... And I I don't dislike CG. I think that there's some good movies that use it well, but I don't know. I'm I'm a purist for practical things because they look good, Um, especially in horror movies, like with monsters and stuff. That's always really cool to me. Like, (laughs) I've talked about horror so much. Like, I'm a horror junkie. I'm a big addict for it. I love a lot of the practical stuff, especially like John Carpenter's The Thing and everything. Um i take it you're also kind of a horror person as well i
0: mean it, like not 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 i'm not too big into horror but like i you know i'll watch a couple horror movies here and there but like i i'm a big fan of like the psychological horror more yeah. than you know more than yeah. uh traditional horror because i think that's much more fascinating than say you know
1: serial killers or whatever yeah yeah I've been watching a little bit more Jordan Peele movies because my my dad actually recently said hey uh, I want to see this movie called Get Out do you know about it And I said yeah it's a really great psychological horror and really goes to show how Jordan Peele has kind of really went from being like because it shocked a lot of people when they were like wait Jordan Peele the comedian from Key and Peele and then he makes these two movies like Get Out and Us which are big movies that are really great horror movies, but also our kind of social commentary on relationships and things like that. Um, and I really, really like it. I mean, Get Out was one of my favorites. I I loved Get Out and Us was really good. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing uh, Nope, his newest movie. That one's really going to be good. Um, and I think he he also wrote Candyman, the more recent one, which is another one that I'm really, I, I saw recently and I really loved the the social commentary in it. Because um, the original had a lot of social commentary in it about uh, the, the LA race riots and things like that. And I think this one really did bring a lot into the BLM movement and things like that and all the stuff that had happened. And I think that that's a re- it was a really great commentary on these events, um, especially for someone like me who's very big on I, – I remember like when the BLM movement was going on, I was very, very, very big about it. Like I said, we got to really – this is a big issue that needs to be brought up, you know? So, so I really was, and I, and I, and I credit a lot of creators for going out and really doing that because they were just really, really cool for taking these risks.
0: Yeah. It makes me laugh when people are like, oh, this is, this is terrible because they, they made, I can't believe they put politics in it. I'm like, have you seen the original? Cause it wasn't very subtle. It wasn't very subtle with the original. It was kind of a
1: big commentary. Yeah. It was nineteen ninety-two. Come on. This is when stuff was going wrong in LA. Come on. I mean,
0: yeah. they don't hide the fact that he was a dead slave, so you yeah. Know. T- Tony Todd
1: though, best candyman, one of the best. I love him. Like but and I also think like that performance still scares the crap out of me. And also the fact that hearing the stories of how he they did the uh the the scene with the bees and everything. That one was that was scary to watch, like how they how they did that whole scene because it was like he ended up getting stung a little bit by these bees, and he had to like kind of figure it out. It was man, that's crazy. Um, I've, actually, it's funny mentioning psychological stuff like that because I've been reading a lot more Junji Ito recently, like his manga and stuff. I've been reading Uzumaki, and uh, I'm gonna try and see if I can read um. What is it? uh, Tomie? That one is, Tomie is a, that one is scary. That's a very scary one.
0: Oh, I think the scariest one was the holes one that, that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, what what was that? uh, What was that one called? Uh, I
0: don't don't remember what it was, but like the the whole meme of like, oh, this hole is made for me and blah, blah, blah. Like what made it scary for me was that, you know, people were just drawn into it and it's not explained why. Like they're yeah. just drawn into going into these holes and mutating into these horrible things. And it's like, and Oh I think God,
1: <laughs> I'm really, really looking forward to uh, the Uzumaki adaptation that's coming out uh, this October. Um, Cause I've been listening. I saw all the trailers and the, they also got the, the guy who did the um, the music for hereditary to come in and do it. So I feel like it's going to be really, really great to hear that. I mean, I will say this, if, if there is a way that I can actually voice in Uzumaki, like actually play a character in that, I will die a happy man because oh my god, I love Junji Ito so much. Like they they did do a the the Junji Ito collection was yeah a, we
0: don't talk about that,
1: but <laughs> uh, that oh that one
0: yeah it's I, really saw, I saw I <laughs> saw
1: I mean I I saw some of it and I will admit that like I did like some parts of it. I mean I really will admit that I'm um, watching Monica Rial play Tomie was a really great um was a really cool thing because because i whenever i hear monica Rial and things where she gets to really be creepy because she's no she's always known for playing these characters that are so like cutesy and high energy and all that but then when you see her use her low register and stuff it's very scary like it's it's amazing how frightening that can be um as a matter of fact there's a show that i'm watching uh now with her in it called uh tsukamichi moonlit fantasy uh and it's really 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 good Like, probably, she really does a great job at it. Um, God, I'm such a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Ah.
0: Yeah, no, because I remember listening to an interview with her, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting she does not sound like her characters. That's a voice she puts on.
1: Well, her natural voice is kind of more mid-high. I think just from, I mean, I think it's, it's a thing where, like, she just has, her voice can naturally go high like that. But when she's more, like, kind of just chill and all that, it just sounds more... Mid low, it depends because I know um sometimes uh I know some actors that occasionally will one day they'll sound super high and like and go all that and the other days so they'll just be super chill. I'm kind of one of those people where maybe some days like like right like today I'm kind of speaking more in my head voice, whereas like other days I'll just be super chill and just kind of relaxed. um But it it, it depends though. I think it it's um it's different for everyone. Actually, I, I met Monica Rial at a con two years ago, like right before COVID. And she was awesome. Probably one of the best uh, people. Like her and Jamie Markey were there. And I remember asking her, there was one anime I saw. It was actually one of the first I watched called Noir. It was done by ADV. And we were talking about creating that character. And she said, it was awesome. Like having to make this character that was so, and i saying what we said before, like not showing emotion and kind of keeping it in this really, quiet place while trying to make it make it grounded and everything that's a difficult thing to do and she nailed it and also jamie markey was talking about creating the the intel isa language for devil's a part-timer which is another one of my favorite shows god i can't wait for season two uh <laughs> um but yeah that that was a really great con to go to i i really want to start going to cons again uh i i want to i really want to start going to cons as a guest that would be cool so i could sell prints and stuff
0: <laughs> well you gotta build up that resume boy
1: <laughs> i know i mean well Dad, or i have to sign with a with a talent agency that'll uh that'll get me uh that'll like send me to cons uh but it depends. um i know there's some that like do have like i think um aj's uh agency cesd does have con appearances and then there's others that um i don't know if they have con appearances but i know they do have like some places that they have some like a uh, avenues that allow you to appear at cons um i
0: know that there are like specific people that you can contact for for like con appearances but you got to be signed with them so i kind of i don't know
1: yeah or you you're only signed with them for con appearances but they just do that they don't handle vo appearances i know like i know um yeah i think uh what is it there there's one called a point of contact booking or poc booking and i know chris hackney uh, erica Lindbeck and a couple others are signed with them uh they handle a lot of their appearances also uh one that i, I know kira is signed with is um epoch i think is what it called I, I'm, I'm not sure there's a lot of them but that's definitely a, a goal is to be able to appear at cons as a guest because that would be really really cool because i've heard stories of people who they get to travel and they get to go to all these places in new york and florida and stuff like that it's really really cool um yeah i i think it'll be uh it's been really 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 good uh
0: also that's how you make your money back because anime doesn't pay that much
1: (laughs) unless you do commercials but i'm sure a lot of us are gonna well that's and i remember Marin miller uh spoke about this as well because they and their husband martin would go to cons a lot um and they said that that was like a part of their income was doing anime and then going to cons and then when covid happened and they couldn't go to cons it was more difficult i mean and some of them are doing more um they're doing a thing called streamily now where they sign prints and they sell those like online uh and i hear like that's another avenue i i don't know a lot about it but i know um some people have been doing it and it's pretty profitable um it does sound cool though honestly like how they how they work with that Uh, but i don't really know how it works to be honest (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean you just you, I I would um I would uh, you know if you want to get into that I would advise you to contact the people involved in that cuz I I don't, you know, not affiliated yeah. with anybody in particular so do not say yeah, I'm trying to yeah. shill something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. I'd have to look into that. Um I remember like seeing uh Amelie when she was doing uh I think it was yeah, yeah, it was uh, Dress Up Darling and she was signing these prints for um for uh I think it was it was for uh, marin uh for uh dress up darling uh they did a lot of she signed a lot of prints for that character uh that's a really great show to dress up darling i recommend everybody go watch it cuz it's so fucking good it's so good mm. <laughs> i i love like the the idea like of how cuz i've i've never done cosplay but i've heard like stories of how it can be very it's a lot of work as, and it can be very expensive but people will go all out to appear as these characters and i really admire that that they managed to pull that off
0: oh man amy Lowe has like i don't know a billion yeah. cosplays and i'm like
1: yeah Emmy's... how do
0: you find the time
1: <laughs> i don't know how she i don't know how they do it i think like emmy is also from what i understand emmy also emmy works very hard i know that because they i mean because they they do con appearances. They are, are signed with CESD, so they do like commercials and stuff like that. They do anime, and they have to sign all these prints. Like, God, I don't know how they do it. And they just got married recently. I saw on Twitter, so I'm like, damn, they 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 work really hard. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, because
0: when I had them on, I, I asked like how many cosplays have you have you done, and they're like, I don't know, two thousand or so.
1: <laughs> I I remember um seeing. Uh, I actually remember like I I did a post uh a couple. I think it was last summer. Where I said let's show some respect to the actresses that can do mid-low voices because like nowadays in anime there's kind of a push for people to have the more high like squeaky ooo type voices but Emmy and and I remember Emmy commented on my uh, post saying I naturally have a mid-low voice and I tend to but I don't really get cast for it that often I tend to always play in my high register which is fine but I always but I kind of miss like being able to like uh to do like my natural voice i'm like i've heard and i and i've heard her voice it's like god she sounds so good like we need like we need to get emmy like into more some more like mid-low parts you know because like, yeah because she's so good i was shocked
0: because i i knew her as um kate from uh shadow's house and we we talked about that when she was on the show and i was shocked that she sounded nothing like kate from shadow's house i'm like okay
1: yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's really, but I also think like it it's because of that demand that people have for the the high voices that sometimes the the mid low ones get a little kind of shafted. Like I, but that's the thing I I love actresses that can go very low, um, because I think that that's a it's an underappreciated voice type. Um, and that, that's why when I watch like characters like uh like Urza in Fairy Tale or um actually just a minor thing like Jessica Rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I'm like why can't we hear more voices like that? Like, that's so cool. Um And I do know it, but it does shock me though, when people can do those voices, like go super low and then they can go super high. I'm like, where did you go to school or did you train with somebody? Or is that just how you naturally sound? Cause I'm scared <laughs> like that. That's very scary. That's yeah. Very scary. Yeah.
0: Cause I, I know I've talked to a couple actresses who are like, you know, I can't go too higher. Cause I'm, you know, mid low to really low. And I sometimes wonder, like, man, how how good is like Grey Delisle? <laughs> you know, like how good is she Great. that she's that she's able to go really, really high or really, really low and just not lose any
1: like anything. <laughs> well, she is a singer, I know that. So I think a lot of the her vocal training kind of helped with that as well. I know, and like I said, with me, I what's well, funny when I when I first started uh, doing VO work, I remember um, I. I had this really because I, I went to an all-boy catholic school and unfortunately toxic masculinity is a really big problem in those kind of schools so and i was and i kind of always had a problem with like masculinity as a whole that's one of the reasons why i've started to shed it because gender conformity is for squares like pants <laughs> <laughs> if you know what that quote's from uh you're you're a good friend uh but <laughs> but um but i remember like i i tried to put my voice kind of lower and it was like it sounded a little something like this kind of had this weird sort of sound to it and then when i got to college uh, and i started taking singing lessons i started to kind of shed it a little bit so and i started embracing my more higher kind of voice so now when people hear me they're like oh okay you you don't you sound a lot different than i used to than i remember in high school i'm like yeah because i stopped trying to be overtly like masculine and shit and i started embracing who i was and. And and I think it and it feels good to be able to do that because I'd rather be myself than not uh, than put on a facade, you know. And that's always been a big thing. Uh, and honestly, like <laughs> I just like hearing because I I go back and hear some of those videos that I did in high school, and I'm like, shit, what was wrong with me back then? I sounded horrible. <laughs> like Jesus. Like I I did a video where like I I think I did a narration thing, which oh god I remember what it was so I as many people know I quote Spongebob religiously because that is who I am and and I'm not sorry about it and I did a video where I did the, the 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 future episode um and I did uh I just parodied it and I did like split screen stuff um for it like it in editing software and then I ended up um and I and I found it on a hard drive and I replayed it years later and I'm like Oh God, what was wrong with my voice back then? I sound awful. Like Jesus, you know, (laughs) but I think that's, that's part of like with being a VA, that's something that you kind of get used to, you know,
0: future, future, future,
1: (laughs) Future. or, um, like, uh, just ask my clones, Spongetron X, Y, and Z are the other letters of the alphabet involved here. Sure, all 486 of them.
0: <laughs> Want to go <Yeah>. jellyfishing?
1: <laughs> no! D- d- who's the particle head who invented that game anyway? <laughs> you are, Squidward! Ha! <laughs> I'm going back. <laughs> now we got to figure out, that, that, that was, a, that was my, one of my favorites. I, I love that episode. Um, also, when he goes to the past and like, it's just like, uh, you're supposed to catch these things, not torture yourselves with them. <laughs> Give me those loin cloths. It's like this. ought to make things go smoother? And then they put it on top of their lips. I'm like, ah, ah,
0: ah. oh, you want to talk about psychological horror? The alone scene is just
1: holy crap. Alone, alone. That that scene is. That's where Squibbard realized. Yeah, being alone really, really sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's a god. I, I quote it all the time with my friend Jazzy. Like she'll she'll DM me. And we'll just like do scenes upon scenes of dialogue, or sometimes we'll we'll quote a whole episode just for shits and giggles.
0: <laughs> Stuck in the middle of nowhere with SpongeBob and Patrick.
1: Wait, and then just wave. It's like, oh, come on, Squid, it could be worse. Yeah, you could be bald and have a big nose. Well, this is the end. <laughs> um. Uh, oh God, what's another one? Oh, my other favorite. Dude, we're falling right out of the sky we gotta drop the load i i saw a video of these dudes um there's this youtuber named christian J, and he does like live action spongebob videos and he ended up uh recreating that scene of the dude we gotta drop the low at the load and one of his um his camera guys uh actually their dad was an airline pilot so they actually got them on a plane to do that scene and i'm like okay the fact that you guys actually got an airplane is a lot of effort and i appreciate that
0: oh yeah God. and bu- don't forget bubble buddy murdered a guy
1: it was like <laughs> don't just stand there dude the tide's coming in ha! it dudes he made me experience high tide oh <laughs> uh, he murdered a dude well i don't know if he murdered him he just didn't help him that's murder yeah that that is murder <laughs>
0: Oh, that's so sweet! Pop but the brought, bubble, pop.
1: But they brought it. But they brought him back in the next episode. It's like, did, did they revive him? Did he? Did God? Did God decide it's not his time? So he brought him back. Like, what happened? Right? Oh There's my! So favorite questions.
0: W- w- one of my favorite jokes is like SpongeBob going, "No," and then it just slows down.
1: No. Like, no. <laughs> oh, <God. What> <laughs> I- Whoa! And then like grabs his wrist. Is like, "Hey, don't I get to say in this?" Or um. It's funny, I what because I've done some streaming and I streamed a uh, battle for Bikini Bottom, and I remember like a uh, oh god, it was uh the receipt because Bubble Buddy helps you with all these new moves, and he says uh you're going to need some new bubble moves if you're going to journey to the ninth dimension and defeat the giant monkey man, and I'm like, <laughs> just those references are so funny, like oh I, I think... want to defeat the giant monkey man and save the ninth dimension.
0: Uh, I think one of my favorite quotes is, and I quote this a lot, is like, uh, and if and if one thing goes wrong, I'll have your rear ends cut off and mounted over me,
1: Fire. Well, he can't really cut off Spongebob's <laughs> rear end, because Spongebob doesn't really have a rear end when you think about it. Like, Patrick does, but Spongebob doesn't.
0: I mean, they, they, they do show that in the fantasy sequence, so...
1: <laughs> There's, what's another one? Oh, my other favorite, like, come on, you know... I wombo, you wombo, he, she, me, wombo, wombo, wombo wing, you had me womboed, wombo rama, wombology, the study of wombo? <laughs> it's first grade, SpongeBob. And I know those phrases because my friend Nick did a entry for a, a voiceover contest and he actually figured out the the quotes. And then of course Squirt's like, I wonder if a fall from this height would be enough to kill me.
0: It's not working! Have you tried sending it to Walmart?
1: what (laughs) turns out that was the way to do it (laughs) and then uh they just beat the shit out of spongebob on the inside like like now i have to walk five miles to go to the bathroom in my own home it's like (laughs) and i need an elevator climb one stair like and then geez and then they shrink all of bikini bottom but yet plankton's the only one still still like tall
0: Oh, I think one of my favorite quotes is like, and no one quotes this a lot, where an orderly comes in and he's like, what's going on here? And, and Mermaid Man's you like, make you the the
1: bride. Bride. Da, 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 da. It's like, did you reunite our heroes? No, but I'm married. Like, wait, I'm like, wait, so Mermaid Man's a minister now? <laughs> what? I don't get it. Evil. Evil! Evil! It's like a, Evil. evil evil, or um it's like now it's time to come out of retirement there's evil afoot evil where is it (laughs) there it is or um like and then opens the briefcase donuts oh brother (laughs) um God, there's so many episodes I could quote for hours, like, but we'd be, but we'd be here for like. Oh uh, yeah,
0: and months. we. I mean, I'm looking at the time, and we got to wrap this up, unfortunately. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we uh, went
1: we went pretty far, but that's yeah, my, yeah, yeah, this is fun. I love yeah, this. yeah.
0: Um, before we get before we get going, uh, what can what what are you currently working on, and can you uh tell tell people where to find you online?
1: Well, I am working on some stuff, uh, but I can't talk about it because you know, gotta respect the NDAs. Uh, also uh, have been doing some other stuff, like, uh, have been getting into some, uh, uh, streaming and some doing some more YouTube covers. If you guys want to find me on any kind of social media, you can find me at, uh, Patrick Mealy VO on YouTube, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, I don't really use Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch at Patrick Mealy. And, uh, yeah. I mean, if you guys want to follow me, go right ahead and hope to see y'all there. It'll be awesome.
0: All right. uh, Thanks so much for taking the time off to do this. This has been a lot of fun. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me.
1: Absolutely. This will be great. I can't wait to see this when it goes up.
0: All right. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Thanks, Abdullah.